Pokes it, I think. Good morning. It's good to see everyone. First, I wanted to wish personal level and from the base manager, Mazatov to George and Denise Karasik on the engagement of their daughter, Abigail, to Ellie Fink from Riverdale, and uh, may they be zeh for the build of Bais Nehman, be a source of nachas for the parents, for the whole community, all of Klal Yisrael, Mazatov. I want to discuss this morning the topic of inviting non-Jews or non-Jews who are in the process of being candidates for Geras to a meal uh, for Yom Tif. And as we'll see, this is, uh, touches upon this week's parasha, a little bit last week's parasha, and is also Nogeat Hinyana de Yoyma with the impending Yom Tif of Shavuos, particularly Shavuos where we celebrate Matan Torah, which serves as the paradigm uh, for all of Geras. But the Pasuk tells us in uh, this week's parasha, in Parashas Bahar, after the uh, Torah discusses a Jew who was sold to a Nachri as an Eved, the Pasuk tells us that Shab Saisai Tishmeru Umikdashi Tiro Ani Hashem. Have to keep Shabbos and protect uh, and fear the Makamah Mikdash. So Rashi explains that this is uh, a mitzvah which, of course, we're familiar with at this point, but it's repeated for the benefit of the Yisrael who sold to a Nachri as an Eved. That he shouldn't say, He has to resist uh, the temptation of the environment that he's in and go against uh, the, the climate that's set by the Odoin. However, the Nitziv interprets the Pasuk slightly differently. It is addressed to the Eved, who sold to the Nachri as a slave, but not uh, that he has to resist the temptation of the Odoin, but rather it's a, it's a reminder of a different halacha. Because the Pasuk here says, as Shab Soisai Tishmeru, why is it Beloshin Rabim? Says the Nitziv, Uvachlal Shab Soisai Yom Tov Gamkein. He has to keep Yom Tov in the house of the Odoin. And that is particularly relevant because also Lassus Afil Malachas Eichel Nefesh Bishfil HaOdoin the Davka Lachem Mutter. One is only allowed to cook on Yom Tif for uh, a Yisrael. He's not allowed to cook for a Nachri. So while he's in the house of the Odoin, he has to remember he's only allowed to cook for himself and not for the Odoin who's a Nachri. And this halacha is found in the Gemara Mesechtes Bay over here in Chafalaf Amid Aleph, where the Gemara tells us, based on the Pesach in Parshas Boy that even though Shabbos and Yom Tif are generally equated with one another, whatever is also on Shabbos is also on Yom Tif as well, Ah, nefesh. however, whatever you do for consumption purposes, that you are allowed to do on Yom Tif, as we are familiar with, Malachas Eichel Nefesh is Mutter on Yom Tif. One is allowed to cook other Malachas involved in the preparation of food. However, the Pesach continues, Ah, nefesh. That alone is what you should do for yourself which seems to be a little too, too much, you know, it's a, a superfluous, the lachem is unnecessary in the Pasuk. So therefore the Gemara uses that as, a, as an opportunity to limit this heter in two ways. It's machlaik, it's tina b'yasi, aglili, and rebekiva, but we're machmer on both. That lachem v'loy l'klavim, you're allowed to cook for Yisrael, for a person, but not uh, for an animal, not a balchai or a pet. But also, lachem for Yisrael v'loy l'nachrim, you're not allowed to cook for a Nachri on Yom Tif. You're allowed to cook for Yisrael, but not a non-Jew. Because the heter of Eichel Nefesh is limited in that way, that you're not allowed to cook for a Nachri, so the Gemara quotes a statement in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. The Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, over here in the last line of Ois Beis, Mezamnenes HaNachri B'Shabbes, you can invite a Nachri to your home as a guest on Shabbos, Ve'eim Mezamnenes HaNachri B'Yom Tif, Gzei Roshem Yare B'Shvilo. You're not allowed to invite a Nachri to your home. Uh, for a Yom Tif meal, because I might add 
I might cook more for his benefit. And you're not allowed to cook for Nachri and Yamtif, you're only allowed to cook for Yisrael Lachem, Veloy Lenachrim. So, if you would have asked me, we would have thought that the uh, fear is you're going to add another uh, piece of meat to the pot, you know, something else into the pan. So, the, the Rishonim ask that the Gemara tells us in Mesech Tzbei on Daf Yitzal and Aleph that even though what's called being Marba Bishiurim, I cook extra in the pot, is Asr on Shabbos, Gemara Mesech Tzmenachas, Gemara Mesech Tzchulin, that even if you're cooking for a chayla, you can't cook extra for a bari. But when it comes to Yamtif, one is allowed to be marba b'shiurim. The Gemara says over here in Yezayin Medalov, Taner Rabbanon, Ein oifim miyamtif lechaveiro. You're not allowed to cook from first day Yamtif to second day Yamtif. But MS Amru, or from Yamtif to Chayo, but, Memale Isha Koa Kedera Basar, Afopisha Enetzichol Chiticha Achas. Even though a woman only needs one piece of meat, she's allowed to fill up a whole pot on Yamtif and cook the whole pot. Shabbos, you couldn't do such a thing, but on Yamtif it's allowed. Rivu Bishiyurim is allowed on Yamtif. So what's the fear? You're going to invite over a Nachri, you'll put an extra stick flesh in the pot. So what? You're allowed to do that on Yamtif. So the Rashba asked this question, even if you'll be Marba Bishiyurim, even if you'll add, I'm sorry, for the Nachri, let's be Marba Bishiyurim, and that's allowed on Yamtif. So why did Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi tell us you can't invite a Nachri over on Yamtif? Even if you will, you won't violate any Easter. So the Rashba claims, It's not a fear that you're going to add to the pot. You'll put up a separate pot just for him. That's the fear. A little bit more far-fetched. But that's how the Rishinim understand this, uh, this Gzera. So, okay, this is an Easter on the books. It's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, in Tav Kuf Yud Beis, in Hilchas Yomtif. You're not allowed to invite a Nachri over for a meal on Yomtif, unless it's Yomtif which coincides with the Shabbos, when you're not going to cook. But on Yomtif... Uh, where it's not Shabbos, you're not allowed to invite a Nachri over to your home. You'll put up a separate pot just for him. So the Rashba already was aware of the uh, difficulty then in running a home. You have Nachrim in the home. What about your Avadim? How do we have Avadim in the home on Yom Tif? What happened to the Gzera Shema Yarba Bishviloi? So that uh, you're not allowed to invite him. What, what if he lives in your home? He's an Eved. We have servants also in the home. So the Rashba explains that the Easter is only bimizumanim, as uh, Rabbi Yeshua and Levi said, you're not allowed to invite, extend an invitation to the Nachri. Why? Because the bimizumanim sha'adam writes l'skabi behem hu If you're talking about a Nachri who's a distinguished guest and I invite him to my house, oh, then it's expected I'm going to bring out the uh, extensive suda and I'll have, if I don't have enough, however, if he's not uh, a distinguished guest, he's the Evid who lives in the house, so then there isn't necessarily a fear that I'm going to be Marba Bishviloi, and therefore uh, the the Xera uh, the would not apply. So anybody who is not a distinguished guest, who lives in the home, the Avadim, work in the home, I'm not going, I'll give them of the my food. And parenthetically, by the way, there's a halacha, you're supposed to feed the Avadim, you're supposed to feed the servants before you eat. The Kavachaymer from Balechayim, you're supposed to feed the Balechayim before you eat Kavachaymer to the uh, Avadim. So you're supposed to feed them before, but you'll feed them from what you have. You won't feed them. You won't necessarily put up a separate pot just for them. It's only a distinguished guest. Along the same lines, the Rambam tells us in Parakal Fethilchus Yom, the that this is only if he's invited. What if the guy crashes? So then the Rambam says that that's not included. Because there's no expectation that I'm going to have a separate pot just for you if you pop in. It's only if, uh, if you were invited. Okay, but... 
this is the the Isa that's quoted in Shulchan Aruch. Avadim that work in the house, there's not, they're not uh, uh, they're not invited. They're not mechubadim in the sense I might be marba b'shvilam. So there, there's a heter, or if the person just pops in, there's a heter. But one is not supposed to extend an invitation to a young uh, an achri, uh for a meal on Yom Tif. and this becomes an issue. Uh, on every Yom Tif, particularly Pesach, all the Yom Tif and Rosh Hashanah, where people invite over their whole families, and Rabbi Seinu Rabbim, sometimes we have, in extended families, you have uh, situations where there's an Achri in the family, and it becomes a sticky situation about inviting him for Yom Tif. But it even becomes also uh, very relevant when one is dealing with Geirim, who are in the process of Geirus, and have not yet... Uh, yet uh, gone through the process of Geirus, so they're still Nachrim, but yet they want to uh, understand what they're getting involved in, and it's a crucial component of their exposure to Yiddishkeit prior to the Geirus, and not being able to invite them to a Pesach Seder hinders uh, that process. So it sounds like from the Shulchan Aruch, though, that uh, strictly speaking, one is not allowed to invite, or at least our initial posture should have been, one is not allowed to invite a Nachri or a Goy Habole Hizgayer uh, to a meal on Yom Tif. Rosh Zalman has newer uh, comments on this, printed in more recent years called Shulchan Shlomo on Shulchan Aruch on Hilchas Yom Tif Simen Tov Kofiud Beis. He presents Tut Stadim Lekula by the Goy Habola Hisgayer because he says the Eitzah that most Rabbanim involved in Geiros give is tell the Goy just crash. Here's a list of homes. We're all making a seder. Want to pop in? Pop in. But you're not invited. <laughs> Because if you just pop in, the Rambam said, there's no Gzeirah Shem Yarba B'Shvilon. Oh, but that's not the warmest, uh, you know, of invitations. So the uh, Rosh Hashanah Zalman suggests, though, two Tzadim Lekula. One is that it's only, uh, the fear, as the Rashba told us, is only by, uh, by someone who's a Mechubad, a distinguished guest, that I might be Marba B'Shvilon. So Rosh Hashanah Zalman says, if I'm having the Goy, the Goy, the go- Habolis Geir, over to my home for Yom, if I'm doing a Chesed, I'm not uh, going to be Marva B'Shviloi. I'm having him at the table, but that's not, uh, I'm doing a favor to him. He's not doing a favor to me by coming. So there's no fear then that Zerah Shem Yarva B'Shviloi. And then Shlomo Zalman says, either way, you're just trying to expose him to Lachas, you know, to Yiddishkeit, to authentic Yiddishkeit. Why then would you be Marva B'Shviloi? If anything, I'm trying to expose him to real halachic life, not I'm not going to make a compromise uh, on his behalf. Those are Shlomo Zalman's Tut Stadim Lakula. So some are not uh, entirely comfortable with that on its own right, but perhaps we can add another important Sad Lakula to Shlomo Zalman's arguments. Perhaps we can add one more. No, no, no. Because he's invited, and then we're afraid you're going to, you know, look and you see, oh, that's all you prepared? I'll say to my wife, that's all you prepared? Yeah, we have guests coming. So it should be Marav Even if you know he's coming? Yeah. That's the fear. That's the fear. That's the fear. So, but perhaps we can add another Tzad Lakula to invite over the Goy Habolis Gaya to Emil on Yom Tif. Because the Gemara tells us in Mesechtas Krisos that all of Geiros, based on the Pasuk and Parsha Shlach, Kochem, Koger, all of Hilchas Geiros is patterned after our experience in Maimed Ar Sinai, where we went through Mila, as we went and came out of Mitzrayim, Tfila before Maimed Ar Sinai, and we brought a carbon, Hartzoz Dam. So, so to Geiros, Lederois, Kochem, just like we had, Kager, that, uh, just like we had Mila, Tvila, and Karbon, so too every Geir Lederos needs Mila, Tvila, and Karbon. It is significant and interesting that the Gemara never mentions Kabbalah's old mitzvahs. It is a mind to be, you know, to accept mitzvahs. You would think that that would be front and center in the Gemara, and it's not even mentioned. That's it's kind of peripherally. Is that the preamble to the It's kind of peripherally mentioned in the Gemara in Yavama. So what you will have to say is that it's so obvious. 
Unfortunately, in our times, things are less obvious than they were in the Gemara's time. It was obvious. In our times, it's uh, less obvious. But, of course, it's obvious that you have to be makabalo mitzvahs. What else does it mean that you're coming to be Jewish? But in, in addition to that, you need mila, uh, tefillah, and hatzah's dam. But the Gemara tells us in Mesechus Yevamis that the sequence of events is first mila, then uh, tefillah. That's the process of gerus. That's the Gemara in Yevamis and Daf Memzayin Mebeis. So, but, if you're going to have a mila, it's going to take time for the mila to heal. And you can't go into the mikvah right away. The Gemara already says, you have the mila, you have to wait for the person to get better, then you put him into the mikvah, and then his gerus is completed, in addition to Kabbalah Solmitzvah. But what happens in that interim? So nowadays, uh, those involved in gerus try and schedule the mila early enough in the week that already by before Shabbos, he'll be able to go to the mikvah. And many times in our, in contemporary settings, it's usually just hatof is dambris, because many uh, Gentiles as well uh, have a circumcision. But, if let's say you have a you know, typical case of geros, man has a milah, takes time to heal, what's going to be with the Shabbos that's in between the milah and the tefillah? What difference does it make? You'll say, uh, let him be machmir, whatever shaylas there could be. The problem is, he gets stuck in a dilemma with regards to Shabbos. Because the Gemara tells us, in Mesel the Sanhedrin, Adaf Nun Chesem Ebeis, Nochri Shashovas Chayev Misa. He's stuck. If he keeps Shabbos, Chayev Misa. Nochri Shashovas. The Pesach says, V'yoyim V'layla, Lo Yishboisu. And if he's a Yid, so he has to keep Shabbos. So where is he stuck in limbo between the Mila and the Tefillah? It happened a lot of times. It takes time for the Migla to heal. What should he do? So this came up, I can't believe it didn't come up beforehand, but it came to be a famous uh, machlaikas erupted in the Paiskim about this in the mid-1800s, 1840s, in Yushalayim, where the chief rabbi of Yushalayim was of Shmuel Salant for many years. But Shmuel Salant went away for a period of time, for about a year, and they put in a replacement for that uh, while he was away. And the replacement's name was of Usher Lemel. And this Shiloh came up while Rav Ashalemo was the, the, the Rav of Yerushalayim. A ger who was mal, v'loy taval, he had milah, but it takes time for the milah to heal, and Shabbos comes. What should he do about Shabbos? Rav Ashalemo passed he's a guy, and he has to be machalal Shabbos. That was the psaka of Ashalemo. Then Shmuel Salant came back, from wherever he was, and he disagreed. He held that the guy uh, was not, uh, the ger, shamal, v'loy taval, was not uh, obligated to be Mechal Shabbos. He's not obligated to keep Shabbos, but he felt he wasn't obligated uh, to be Mechal Shabbos. And that uh, psaq was endorsed as well by the Binyan Si and by Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, other Gedolim of the time, Navnei Nezer as well. And it seems that this Machlekes, about what the status of the Ger Shemavaloi Taval is, in between the Mila and the Tvil, is in fact the Machlekes Rishonim. Because the Gemara tells us in Mesech Tzivomis, and Dafmein Vavam Mao v'loy taval, a ger who has mila, no tvila, ain't ger. He's not a Yisrael, ad sheyimo v'yitvo, until he has mila and tvila. Okay, so you need mila and tvila. But Taisus asked a question, the Gemara Nyevamis and Afayin Aleph, Amit Aleph, later on, excludes a ger shemao v'loy taval from carbon Pesach, because of a special gzeris hakosov, midersiv toisha v'sachir, a unique limud, to exclude a ger shemao v'loy taval. So frech Taisus hakasha, Pshita, what do I need a separate pasuk to exclude the ger shema avaloi tava from carbon Pesach? Pshita do leochel be Pesach. The oyved kachavim gomuhu. Full-fledged uh, akum. He hasn't had mila and tefillah. So he's not the Yisrael, he's an akum. Of course he's excluded from carbon Pesach. So says Taisvis, 
That itself is learned out from here. That's exactly where we learn out that a ger, is not Jewish, he still remains a guy. Who had Mila and no Tvila? No, no, that's the Pashup shot in the Pasuk. Then the Gemara learns out, even if he had Mila, but no Tvila, no carbon Pesach. Frek Tysus, but he's a guy, of course no Mila, of course he can't have carbon Pesach. Tysus answers, I would have thought he's something more than a guy, you know, no, he's still a guy. That's where we learn it out from. The Rashbah asks that very same question and gives a different answer. The Rashbah explains, we needed a special lima to exclude the ger because even though he's not a Yisrael, he has become a little bit Jewish. He is a Yotza, you know, even though Yisrael he has not become a Yisrael, but he is not a Nachri either. He's somewhere in between. And this is echoed as well by the Taisus Yishanim, who writes, same question, different answer, Kevin Shemalu, once he had Mila, Nafku Mitaras Arel, Afagav Shlohoyu, Yehudim Gemurim Achetavlu. So that sounds like a Shmuel Salat. Taisus, who says, from here we derive that he's a Goy Gomer, that was a Vashalemu, and therefore Vashalemu passing the Goy Shemal Veloy Taval, uh, has to be Mechalal Shabbos, not allowed to keep Shabbos. But Rav Shmuel Salant, the other Paiskim, Paskin like the Rashbah and the Taisis Yishanim, that once he's Ma'av, he is Yotza Mechlal Nochri, he's no longer not Jewish, even though Lechlal Yisrael Loibo, he had not become uh, Jewish, that to the sense that he's Chayef to keep Shabbos, but he is, uh, he is no longer not Jewish, and therefore he's not Chayef to be Mechalal Shabbos. And then Rav Shmuel Salant took this argument perhaps even one step further. Even if it wouldn't be even if he didn't necessarily yet have a Mila, simply by virtue of the fact that he's a Goy Habole, his Gayer, he's interested in converting, that already might endow him with this status. Because the Gemara tells us in Mesechtis Yevamas Memchesim Ebeis, commenting on the posting of the Yaseris Hadibrois, Vinofesh Ben Amoscha Vehager, that Ben Amoscha is also Chayv to keep Shabbos. Who is Ben Amoscha, your Evan? So the Gemara says it cannot be. An Eved Kanani, a typical Eved Kanani. Normal Eved Kanani, when a Yisrael buys an Eved who's a non-Jew, he's supposed to give him Mila and Tvila and convert him to become Chayv and Mitzvah's Ki'isha. That's the Eved Kanani that's discussed by the Gemara throughout Shas. Then, at the end, when he goes free, he has a second Tvila and he becomes fully Jewish. That's the, what's supposed to be done with Arabodim. So the fact that an Eved who had Mila and that first Tvila he became Chayv and Mitzvah's Ki'isha, has to keep Shabbos. That's learned out of the Pesach and Parashas Vashchanon. In the Aseris HaDibros, L'man Yanuach Avdechav HaMoscha Kamoicha, Harei Eved Umahu Omur. That's the Eved who had the typical Eved Kenani. What then is Vinofesh Ben HaMoscha Vahager? Says the Gemara, that's the Eved that had no Mila. He's a guy. So the Gemara asks, one minute, you're not supposed to keep around such an Eved. We're supposed to make all of our avodim, avodim kananim, and if he refuses, you have to let him go, or sell him, you can't keep him. So Gemara asks, how do you have such an evid? So Gemara says, no, it's not a problem. It's really rushing for Shabbos. He bought a nachri Shabbos, there was no chance to do the meal before Shabbos. But yet, 
So one minute, so he's obligated to keep Shabbos. Vinafish ben Amasra vegeir. So frak the Taisus Yishonim right there in that Gemara. Vitema, one minute. If he hasn't had mila, no tvila. He's a guy gomer. Oyve kachovim shashavas chayim misa. How is he allowed to keep Shabbos? Now look, he's chayim to keep Shabbos. So says the Taisus Yishonim. Yeshloima the zek haven the daito his guy here mosi lishbois. Since he has a mind to convert, he's allowed, allowed to keep Shabbos. <coughs> that is not the typical answer that's given by the Rishonim. Rav Rishonim give the second answer that the Taisus Rishonim gives, and that is that a Yisrael doesn't mean to say that he has to keep Shabbos, but I can't ask him to do a malacha on my behalf. <sighs> okay, so that he's not obligated to keep Shabbos. He actually probably has to be Mechal Shabbos, but I can't ask him to do a malach on my behalf. That's what the Pesach means. Amir Ogonachri Doiraisa. But the Taisus Yishonim understands, no, that since he's in the process of Geirus, already uh, he is uh, not obligated to be Mechal Shabbos. He is allowed to keep Shabbos. And the later Pais can point out, Dayan Grosnas has a tshuva in the Lev Aryeh. His tshuva is where he notes that the Marashah seems to... Uh, Agree with this Taisus Yishonim with regards to a different halacha. The Gemara tells us in Masech the Shabbos, Lamadaf Madala, famous Gemara, about the Nachri who is standing outside of the walls of the base Medrash and he hears them discussing the begadim of the Kain Gadol. He says, Wow, who gets to wear these fantastic begadim? He starts getting delusions of, you know, grandeur. So he, says, so they, he walks into the base Medrash, so who gets to wear these begadim? They tell him the Kain Gadol. So the Nachri approaches Hillel and he tells him, as Gaya Bishvil Shiyasimuni Kayan Gado. Convert me on Manasset, I'll be the Kayan Gado. So Shammai throws him out. And Balif Ne Hillel, Gire Hillel has more patience, and Hillel converts him. But then he says, You know what? Before we install you as the Kayan Gado, you should know a little bit about Yiddishkeit before we did make you the king. So he tells him, Go and learn. So Halach Vikara. Once he went and he learned, he got up to the Pazik Hazar Hakar Yumas, if a non Kain brings a carbon, he's put to death. So yes, who is this referred to? They told him even David Melech Yisrael brings a carbon, he's put to death since he's not a Kain, and he realized Don Kavachemir Ba'atzmai, if David Melech Yisrael cannot bring a carbon, he's put to death, he cannot be a Kain, so to he uh, the Geir Kavachemir cannot become the Kain Gado, but he remained a committed uh, Yid nonetheless. That's the conclusion of the Gemara. But Taisus in Yavamis, you flip the page, asks a basic question that's addressed by all of the Mepharshim, is that the Gemara tells us in Yavamis, over there, Chavdaud Mebez, we do not accept converts who are converting for an ulterior motive. If it's for financial benefit, or it's uh, in order to marry a Jewish girl, we don't accept uh, converts unless they are doing so sincerely, because we are suspicious that their Kabbalah's old mitzvahs will be compromised. We don't intend to keep the mitzvahs. They're just converting for that ulterior motive. So how did Hillel accept this gear? He wanted to wear the big day kain gadol. That's why he was converting, not because he was sincerely drawn to the rebbeinu So how did Hillel convert him? He was only converting for that ulterior motive of wearing the big day kain gadol. So Tesis explains, Hillel, the Hillel knew. I don't think through ruach hakodesh. Hillel knew through his assessment of human beings that this person was going to ultimately be the Shem Shemayim. And that's quoted by the Paiskim in Hilchus Geirus, that the Dayan has a little bit of latitude to judge the situation, assess whether or not the, the Geir ultimately will be the Shem Shemayim. If he thinks that he will be, he's allowed to convert him even for an ulterior motive. That's Taisus' answer. But the Marsha asks the same question. And the Marsha gives a different answer. The Marsha says, Tzarech Leimar, 
you have to say that when the Gemara says, He did not convert him. He put him in the classes for conversion, but he did not convert him. How can you convert him for an ulterior motive? But then the Marsha runs into another problem. <coughs> if he didn't convert him, how was he learning Torah? The Gemara says in Mesechtas uh, Sanhedrin, back in Oizayin, not only is a Gosha Shavas Chayav Misa, but Anachisha Isaac Batayra Chayav Misa. Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe Moirasha. Kilas Yaakov. It's our inheritance, it's our heritage. Lanu Moirasha, Veloy Lahem. Well, the Pasuk says in Tehillim, the Gemara Chagiga quotes a different Pasuk. You're not supposed to teach the guy Torah. And he's not allowed to learn it. And if he learns it, he's Chayav Misa. So how did we encourage the guy to go and learn? Hillel told him, go learn a little bit before we make you the Kain Gano. How was he allowed to do that if he was a guy? Says the Marsha, he hadn't converted yet. The Imkain Hayeich Limdud Torah, Kaidim Shiniz Gayer. So explains the Marsha last line of here in Oisid Aleph, Since he's in the process of Gerus, he wants to convert, even though even he hasn't had a meal in a tefillah yet, already he's Yotza Mechlal Nochri, and he's allowed to be Isaac Betaira. Just like the Tezvi Shadim said, he could keep Shabbos. So what's the borderline in terms of speaking to a guy, not in learning, but you're saying, oh, but our Jewish custom is... Such and such and such and such. Is there a borderline with which you can teach them, say nice things, and, and uh, that you can't? Well, you can always say nice things about Yiddishkeit. That's not uh, you know, even to. You're giving a vart, you're saying. Ah, a vart, a different thing. So Rabbi Kiva Eger disagrees with this Marsha. Rabbi Kiva Eger in the Chuvas says, one minute, Tysus gave a different answer. He says, you cannot teach a guy any Torah. So there, but Ramosha has a chuba. Ramosha says that that's only if uh, it's far out from the when the time you know when they're actually going to be misguided. But Ramosha says, one minute, how could it be? This a famous machlekes with Bekiva Eger and Marsha. Can you teach a guy Torah if he's in the process of Gerus? So Ramosha said, well, you guys, mom's going to convert and know nothing. It can't be. I have to teach him mitzvahs. So, so you can teach him seven mitzvahs, but in you can teach him certain mitzvahs. Yeah. So Ramosha says, when it's ot ot, you can teach him. Everyone would agree to that. The, the Marsha is saying, even if it's a little bit further out. Then you can teach him. But you have to something to bear in mind as you're talking to Goyim, or even if you have in mind that they're you know they're investigating conversion, it's something to keep in mind. But the Marsha holds once he's committed to being Megayer, which is not that's a little bit later on the timeline, once he's committed to being Megayer, so then you can already start to teach him Torah. Just like the Taisus Yishonim said, if he's certainly going to be Megayer already, he could begin to keep Shabbos. And I believe that the argument would be before going to be, there has to be an educational process before the meal and the... Yeah, the and there is. So, practically so, so, every, every basin who does Geirus has a course, which they enroll. Courses, yeah, then, that yeah. sounds like the Marashah. Okay. What is the Pshat? Why is this allowed? So I believe the argument would be just like uh, the Rishonim explained by Mila and Tvila. Once you have Mila, that's the one stage of Geirus, even though you haven't completed it with the Tvila already, your Yatsa Mechlal Nachri, so too once you uh, agree, once you commit to going through with Geirus, that's like a Kabbalah's old mitzvah. That's the primary stage of Geirus. And then, so that's like a Malvul Tavol. Here you were Makabo old mitzvah, you intend to go through with Geirus already, you're Yatsum Achlal Nachri, even though Lechlal Yisrael Loiba. But you wouldn't be allowed to be a professor in Talmudic studies in a regular school, college? We intend to teach Nachrim Torah. Unless there's a lot of Jewish, unless there's a big Jewish population, I'm going to teach the Jews Hatzalah Purta. I happen to be Nachrim in the class. So why don't we do Mila first, then teach him? 
Because it's a little bit more drastic than Mila, so that it's easier to go to a class. No, you committed. Yeah, yeah. Yes, right. No, that's the mitzvahs. But what about teaching them the understanding of the mitzvahs, the basics? What's the, what's the transition point for a woman? No Mila. So yeah. What? It's in or out. Not, it, yeah. So there's no Mila by a woman? No, no, no. It's Sefer even writes that once a guy has committed to going through with Geirus, it's not proper to feed him non-kosher food. You shouldn't encourage him to eat Nevelis and Trefus. He's already, you know, once he's in the process, he should not be encouraging Nevelis and Trevis. That's why I have heard that there are some Rabbanim who, uh, when it comes to Mechiras Chametz, it's always a problem because we're not sure that the guy is taking the sale seriously, which undermines the legitimacy of the sale. It's always an issue. Baruch Hashem, our guy that we sell the Chametz to is a guy, Mahudor, Meshubach, Mafur. Everybody knows him, and he's, uh, he takes it very seriously. But, but generally speaking, it's a problem. So I've been told that in Eretz Yisrael, some Rabbanim, and here too, like to sell the chametz specifically to the goyim who are in the, the geiris classes, because they know that they'll take it seriously and have the proper frame of mind to understand the mechiras chametz. So I, I would argue, based on the sefer chesidim, that that's not right. Once he is already, most of the time, the geirim who are in the process of geiris want to sell their chametz. They don't want to keep chametz in the house. So, so because he's already uh, gearing up to become Jewish. So for the Sefer Chesidim says at that point, it's not right to feed him the veils and trefas. I don't think it's right either to sell him the chametz. But based on this idea that the Taisis Yishonim told us, that um, the Marashah told us, that a guy, Habol is gar, even if he hasn't had a meal yet, is already not chayv to be Mechalal Shabbos, is already muta to learn Torah, because he's not a Nochri, even though he's not a Yisrael, he's not a Nochri, Perhaps that could serve for a basis as well when it comes to the, the topic that we're discussing of cooking for a nachri uh, on Yomtif or inviting a nachri to your home. Because the Gemara tells us in Mesechtas Be'ah that not only is one allowed to cook on Yomtif, but any malacha that's involved in cooking, since one is allowed to do this malacha for cooking, let's say cooking, shchita, any malacha that could be used for food preparation, one is allowed to do it when he's preparing food, and he's allowed to do it even if he's not preparing food. Mitoich, since it is allowed, or because it's allowed. For Eichel Nefesh purposes, it's allowed even, even if it's not for Eichel Nefesh purposes. How do we understand that heter? Why should that be the case? So this is the Machlekes Rishonim, how to understand this concept. The Sefer Yureim, Explains over here Oistez Zion that it's because Lav Davka Eichel Nefesh here to your Kasev Elakol Hanos Hanefesh any form of consumption even if it's not food preparation per se but let's say it's heating up water uh, to bathe in on Yom Tif, or it's uh, carrying uh, the the lulav to shul or carrying a katan or whatever, something else you want to carry through the rishus harabim. Since it's mutter it's mutter for any other tzarech yamtif as well, because that's a form of consumption. We have to have a broader definition. doesn't mean only food consumption, all forms of consumption. And that's why the Sefer Yerayim's opinion, and that's the opinion of the Ramah, is that even on yamtif, even though we have a concept, it has to be a tzarech yamtif tzas. There has to be some need on yamtif that you're doing this uh, activity. 
if it's just, there's no need at all, it cannot be allowed. Oh, no, allowed in general. The concept of mitar. We'll get to one second. We'll bring it back in a second. We'll have a case in one second. The Shita Mekubetes has a different understanding of this halacha of mitar. He explains that no, these malachos that were involved in food preparation were never author on Yomtev in the first place. They're excluded from uh, the range of malachas that are asar on Yamtif. This is uh, echoed by the Ramban in last week's Parshan Parshas Emma, where the Torah uses the language with regards to Yamtif of kol malachas avoid loy sasu. All uh, work-related malachas you should not do on Yamtif. The Ramban notices when it comes to Shabbos, the Torah says kol malacha loy sasu. All malacha cannot be performed. But on Yamtif is just malachas avoida. Anything that's involved in food preparation is not a work-related malacha, and that can be done on Yamtif. So, in which case, these were never also in the first place. That's why mitayach shehutra litzayrech, hutra nami shuloy litzayrech, any malachah that's involved in food preparation, you can do it even when you're not involved in food preparation, because these malachas were never also on Yamtif in the first place. So therefore, yes? Not work. Correct, according to the Ramban. It's a technical definition of it. Also, not work. That's an easier argument than wow. Shrita. Shrita's Right. He's not saying it specifically with Torah No. Oh, if it's generally used or can be used for food preparation, that's not Malachas Avoida. That's right. And that's never Asar and in the first place. And that's the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch that Mitach applies even if it's Shalai Litzarech Klau. These things were never Asar and if it was only Malachas that's never involved in food preparation. So if that's the case, ask the Bira Halacha the following question. How come I can't cook for the Nachri on Yamtif because of the principle of Mitach? I'm allowed to cook on Yamtif for myself. So once I'm allowed to cook for myself, Mitach Shehutra Litzayrech, since I can cook for myself, why can't I cook for the Nachri as well? So he says, I understand if you say, under, you know, explain like the Uraim, that it has to be for any form of consumption, the Torah is mekel, not only my food consumption, uh, food consumption, but any form of consumption. But it has to be L'Tzarech Yomtev. So Lachem, V'loy L'Nachrim, tells me that for a Nachri is not rise to the threshold of a Tzarech Yomtev, enough to be Mekel on Eichel Nefesh. That's not Tzarech Yomtev at all. Lachem, V'loy L'Nachrim, is not considered a Tzarech enough to be Mekel. You need a Tzarech Tzas. It has to be some form of consumption that I'm enjoying, not if it's for the benefit of the Nachri. But if you understand, like the Shita Mekubetzis, and like the Ramban, that Mitarech Shehutra Shaloi Litzarech, Hutra Litzarech, Hutra Nami Shaloi Litzarech, means these Malachas were never Asar and Yomtev in the first place, you don't need a Tzarech Yomtev at all, why can't I cook for the Nachri? If I can cook for myself, why can't I cook for him? It was never Asar in the first place. So the Bira Lacha explains, we must say, and this is already argued by the Abnei Miluim, has Chubas and Simon Beis, the author of the Ksai Sachayshan, has uh, this argument as well, that you must say that this is not an Easter of doing Malacha and Yamtif, it's a special mitzvah saseh. This is a special mitzvah. It's not included in the regular Easter Malacha of Yamtif, there would be no chi of uh, regular punishment of violating the Malachas of Yamtif. This is a special mitzvah saseh not to cook for a Nachri on Yamtif. Lachem v'loy la'akum. A mitzvah saseh. Not included in the regular uh, rules of the Isra Malacha and Yomtev. Lachem v'loy la'akum. So if that's the case, that it we're prohibited from cooking 
for Anachri and Yamtif, one could perhaps argue that that is only by a guy who has no intentions of converting. But once he's committed to converting, just like the Taisis Yashishanim told us, he can keep Shabbos. He's not a Nachri and he has to be Machal Shabbos. No, he can keep Shabbos. And he's allowed to learn Torah, Yatsa Mechlal Nachri. So perhaps here as well, he was Yatsa Mechlal Nachri. It's not Lachem Veloy Lenachrim. He's already, since he committed to go through with Geirus. And one would be allowed to cook for him on Yomtif, because he's not a Nachri anymore. One could make such an argument. That uh, that, that line of reasoning should apply here as well, based on the way the Bir Halacha understood this, uh, this Halacha. One could be Mitzar, finally, a third Tzav uh, Kula, which is a Shiloh that comes up more and more, which is, what if the Nachri uh, gets invited to go away with a Jewish family to a hotel for Pesach? He's already that Jewish, you know, that he's been invited away. He's going to go away for Pesach to the hotel. At that point, he's really Jewish. So he's committed to go, you know, to go through the process of Gerus. So here, the Or Sameach and Dayan Weiss, the Minchas Yitzchak, both argue that who's in the kitchen doing the work anyway? Who's going to be Marba Bishviloi? Anachri. Anachri is probably in the kitchen. How could it be that Anachri is prohibited on Yamta from cooking for Anachri? Lachem, Veloy Laakum, a special mitzvah say not to cook for Nachrim on Yamtif. Can't be, the Nachri is allowed to cook for himself. So argues the Or Sameach, if that's the way we understand this halacha, it must be that if the Nachri is invited to a Jewish home or a hotel, but everyone in the hotel, uh, in the kitchen, is Nachrim, so who's going to cook for him? It's a Nachri, must be at that point that it can be allowed. So with all of those three kulos, I would be Mekel Lamaisa, I'd probably be Mekel Lamaisa as well, to be Matsar. This cool to what Shoma Zalman said, to make a Lamaisa even in a private home. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.